Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. incredibly nutritious sermon from Jackie Lloyd. <laughs> no, it's great. If you don't know me, I'm Tim. I'm an associate pastor here. I was just on the acoustic guitar and now I'm here. But I have the pleasure of introducing Jackie. Um, I was thinking about this because Jackie's been a vineyarder for many years. I'm sure you'll give a bit of your story around that, will you? Or? Yeah, 93. At West Vineyard. And, um, and you've been part of this community two and a half years. So it's lovely to have you. Jackie, so when I went to Laidlaw, Jackie Lloyd was a person around campus, but we never we never crossed paths. I never had you as a lecturer, which is yeah, which is interesting. So this is the first time I'm um, I'm hearing you speak. Uh, I'm, uh, you come highly highly recommended by many. So uh, we're in for a treat today with Jackie uh, and, and um, with what she has to share. So I, I'd love to pray for you, and then we'll kick into it. Well, Creator God, we give thanks for this this time in this place here. Um, that each week. In our busy lives, we can gather and find a space of rest and a place of remembrance of who you are and what you've been up to and what you are up to and what you will be up to in our lives. So uh, in this time, uh, through Jackie's words, I pray that your spirit can uh, speak and translate the truth that she's speaking into our hearts as it needs to be heard. So I pray for a sense of uh, peace and clarity and uh, a sense of, I guess, speaking prophetic life into this community uh, through her words today. In your beautiful name, amen. Kia ora koutou. Uh, welcome. It's a privilege to be here um, again and uh, to share with, with all of you guys. So uh, we're in the middle of um, looking at this uh, this year, the, the, the topic of pilgrims. And uh, oh, in the last, whoops, going too fast. In the last, uh, this term, we're looking at on the road. And so this morning is just a bit of an opportunity to step back and think, well, how do we even know which direction to go? And how do we know um, what is the next step to take? Um, And just really unpack that a little. Ever heard of this um, phrase, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? Familiar? And of course it's true, although it does need qualifying and unpacking, which we're not going to do this morning. Um, because we're actually going to take another tack. Uh, the, the focus this morning is, well, what to do when you're already on the road and you're walking out this plan? How does, this, how does it look to you? How do you even imagine this plan that God has for you? How do you decide what the next step is? Um, do you imagine it a bit like this? Like walking a tightrope and having to be really carefully concentrating to balance and stay on this thing, and what happens if you actually fall off? Are you then uh, relegated to another, like, you know, infantile tightrope or something? Um, how do you actually, how do you stay on? Is, is this kind of how you imagine it? When I was a young Christian, um, just early on following Jesus, I kind of got used to get really stressed and anxious about what 
the next decision was to make, especially if I had options in front of me. And, um, and I kind of felt it was a little bit like this. Or perhaps you envisage it like a blueprint, like a plan. There's plan A, God's wonderful plan for your life, but what happens if you don't measure up or you make a mistake? Are you now relegated to plan B? Which is an okay plan. It's not God's wonderful plan for your life. It's an okay plan. You know, you're still in the kingdom. You'll get into through the pearly gates, to, just to use an unbiblical metaphor. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Or what, what about even worse, that you're working along and then something goes wrong and you suddenly end up relegated again and now you're on plan C. You know, um, is this kind of how you envisage walking out your walk with God and walking into his purposes for your life? Um, let's be clear, for those of us who follow Jesus, uh, some things are very plain. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. What's plain? What's plain is the stuff that Jesus has already revealed to us in the Gospels. And Tony Campolo summed it up with three words, love, stay, and go. So just to begin with, if you're following Jesus, there's an awful lot that is actually made, you know, plainly laid out for you. One is love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Oh, and did you notice the mind bit in there as well? You know, when you come into church, you don't have to leave your brains at the door. When you become a Christian, you don't have to stop thinking. Um, you can still keep using your head. Um, love with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, all your resources, all, all your energy. And love your neighbor as yourself. Love one another. Jesus said this over and over again. Uh, and he also said, love your enemies, the people that you find really hard to get on with, the people that you don't like, the people that might have hurt you. Um, wish them the best. You know, love them. Pray for them. Treat them well. Uh, that, and that is the hardest thing to do. And, in fact, it takes a miracle to do that. You can't really do it without God's power and his spirit working through you. Because our instinct is to, you know, hit back, right? <laughs> and we get that modelled in our movies and TV all the time, you know. But uh, what about responding in love, wishing them well? Uh, so love was one. Love, God, love one another. All the law and the prophets can be summed up in those words, love. Even when you unpack the Ten Commandments, first few commandments are all to do with your relationship with God how to love God, and the rest are about how to relate to one another. And if you really love, you even don't even need to think about the commandments because if you love someone, you're not going to steal their stuff. If you love them, you're not going to stab them in the back, you know, um, literally, like do not murder. If you love them, you know, if you love your wife, you're going to be faithful to her. You're not going to go off with someone else. You, you know how it works. So love. That's the first one, Jesus' command, love. Stay. Well, oh, we missed, we missed love. There you go, love. Stay. What on my earth am I mean there? I, I'm talking about, you know, the, Jesus said abide in the vine. If you abide, if you stay close to Jesus, if you keep relying on his resources, if you spend time in prayer 
with him, you will be re-energized and refreshed for each day. If you spend time in his word, it will feed you. If you spend time in worship, it will bless you. Um, abide, stay close, and work out of his blessing and out of his strength. Love, stay, and of course, go. Uh, Jesus said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. And actually, that's worth unpacking even just by itself. Uh, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Uh, doesn't, doesn't mean like you've got to stand on street corners and tell people they're going to hell. I hope none of you do that. I'm sure none of you would do that. Um, but actually, share what you have with others. Be a light. Shine that light with others. Um, let them know how great Jesus is. Invite them to come and be part of this journey together. And stay with them, even if they give their heart to Christ. Then don't like, like leave them and think, right, okay, I've got my one notch on my belt, right, I'll now go for the next one. So, so, no, it's disciple them. Stay with them, be a mentor, share, you know, your journey and the things you've learned along the way and listen to them and support them in their walk. Anyway, love, stay and go. So if we've got that sorted, what about when we're faced with decisions, especially when you might have two decisions that look equally good? How do you decide which one to, to do? Um, or even before that, uh, what, if, what if you actually make a real big blunder along the way and where you did something that wasn't that quite loving or, um, or you've kind of walked away a bit from God? What does, what does Jesus say about that? Um, he is the good shepherd. He will come after you. If you love him and your heart is to follow him, even if you make a big mistake, he's going to come after you and rescue. He's the good shepherd who loves his sheep and will seek and search for that lost one to bring them back. So we can actually really chill out about this. You know, not, not stress. Uh, walking with, with Jesus, walking this road is meant to be really joyful and fun, and adventurous, and like, what have you got for me next, God? Um, but, but what do you do when you're faced with, say, two options, and they both seem pretty good? You know, should I go to university or take this apprenticeship? Should I marry this girl or that one? Uh, a, a big decision for younger people. Um... What are some other ones? Should I take this job or stay in the job that I'm in? What about this house, this suburb, or that house, that suburb? Um, Acts 16 can really help us, I think, when we're working out how do we work out this journey, this plan in our life. Um, Paul and his companions were actually prayed for in Antioch and the Spirit of God came upon them and blessed them to go and take the good news of the gospel to other people, to, to the Jews but also to the Gentile people. So they took off. And here's a few things that started to happen along the way. When they, when they got to Turkey, what is modern-day Turkey, and they're working their way up towards the northwestern coast, which is called Asia Minor during that period... Uh, probably thinking, oh, let's go and visit cities like Ephesus, for example. And they're heading along there, and then this happens. <coughs> oh, oh, this clicker. 
Sometimes it's working, sometimes it's not. Paul and his companions travelled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Now, how interesting. Uh, you know, have, have you noticed the Bible's not like a novel? It doesn't give you loads of details. Um, it's just very matter-of-fact, this happened, then this happened, this happened, and it just really records in a very concise way the really important things that the writer wants to get across. But somehow or other, the Holy Spirit kept them from preaching the word of God in Asia. We don't know how that happened. But it doesn't say that Paul and his companions sat on the side of the road thinking, okay, we've got to have a big prayer meeting. Something's not quite right here. We were heading off over here. Now we can't go in. Perhaps we need to pray and just check that everything is okay. Right? There's no accounting of anything like that happening. They just seem quite chilled. Okay, we're not, we're not going over there. So, all right, we'll preach, the God in Fr- uh, preach about God in Phrygia and Galatia. And then this happens. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, which is kind of in the north of Turkey, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. And you're thinking, wow, that's really weird. But again, does the Bible say that they then decided, okay, we've got to have a big prayer meeting? Who has sinned? Uh, some, things are not going the way we thought they were going to go. Okay, what, you know, let, let's have a confession session. You know, maybe, maybe there's sin in the body of Christ. You know, um, or or did they start thinking, perhaps it's a demonic attack? Right, we've got to do spiritual warfare. We've got to pray against the powers and principalities because for some reason things are not going the way we thought they were going to go. Actually, the Bible doesn't say they did anything like that. Um, they seem, must have been pretty chilled out because there's nothing there about how they responded at all other than they just took the road that was in front of them. And what we can actually see here is actually the Holy Spirit and Jesus himself through the Holy Spirit really guiding these people. They're heading off one way and then somehow, and the Bible doesn't even make it that clear, Spirit of God goes, no, not this way. And it might just be a matter of timing. Because we know that Paul, for example, later on does get to Ephesus. And there's massive revival in the city. And many people come to Christ. It, so it might just have been, not now. There's somewhere else I want you to be now. Uh, and then they go to go somewhere else. And, Jesus, and the Spirit of Jesus said, not, not here. And so what do they do? Well, they take the road that's available to them. They pass by Mysia. And they went down to Troas, which is a harbour town. And they're like, okay, so we'll take the road that's available. So sometimes, you know that phrase, you know, one door closes, another door opens and all that. Sometimes actually God does close the door. Like, okay, not that one, not that one. But it's very obvious, one way or another, that, that those are not the right door. We don't have to go, like, pushing on it and go, is this, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just stressing about it. Okay, where are you up to? So, and then during the night... Paul has a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Uh, So then Luke writes, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. 
So when they actually come to a place, they get to Mysia, you see, they get, or they get to Troas, and there's nowhere else to go now, there's just ocean. So, um, so they must have been thinking, okay, well, you know, where are we going next? And then God makes it really clear, this is what I want you to do. Set sail and head over to Macedonia and preach the gospel to them. So Paul has this vision of a man from Macedonia. So here's a little bit of um, a map of where they, where they traveled. Um, so, oh, is this, oh, can you vaguely see my little red dot there? So here they are. They've come through. Here's Paul's hometown, by the way. That's Tarsus, where he grew up. Uh, they went through Derby, Lystra, Iconium, all those parts of Galatia, Antioch. It says Asia up here. Really, this whole, the whole of what we would call modern Turkey, in one sense, is called Asia. But Asia, oh, clicking on the wrong button here. Yeah. But the coast here is really Asia Minor, where you've got cities like Ephesus. Uh, and here's Troas on the coast, coast, not far from Troy, actually, uh, <coughs> which you might know about. So they set sail from Troas up to Neapolis. And these places are still there today, by the way. And then they make their way along this road between Neapolis, the harbour town, and the ancient Roman colony city of Philippi. Uh, and the road is still there today, that ancient road, the Via Ignatia. And I had the privilege of being able to walk along that once and being able to imagine Paul and Silas and his companions and Luke walking along this road um, to Philippi. So, so that just gives you a bit of a picture of where they were. Now, they get to Philippi, and I think that uh, when I was a young Christian, if I had been one of Paul's companions... By the time we arrived in Philippi, I might have been thinking, right, where is the man from Macedonia? Oh, <laughs> we got the news and weather. Um, yeah, where is the man from Macedonia? Paul, what did he look like, you know, in your vision? You know, did he have like dark curly hair? Like, look out for the guy with dark curly hair. You know, was he wearing a red robe? Look out for the guy with the red robe. Um, but again, the, the, the scriptures don't talk like that. They don't say anything like that. They just seem pretty chilled out. And Paul's modus operandi is when he gets into a new town, he would, on the Sabbath, which is the Saturday, he would join the local synagogue. Well, Philippi doesn't even have a local synagogue, which means that the number of Jewish men in the town is really too small to actually have one. So what would sometimes happen then, um, Gentiles, non-Jewish people who uh, love God, would sometimes get together and find a nice place to pray, like, for example, down by a river. So Paul suspects, okay, well, maybe, the, maybe there's a group down by the river. Let's head down there. And they get down there, and they find a bunch of women. Um, but did they think, no, we're looking for a man from Macedonia? Let's not waste our time with this bunch of women. Uh, they don't. Actually, Luke writes, we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And they, so they really just walk and they trust God and they respond to what is right in front of them. They've been called to share the good news about Jesus Christ with people they know now they're meant to be in Macedonia. They've come to Philippi and it's like, well, let's just share the good news with these women. 
And one of these women happened to be a lady from called Lydia, who um, was a business dealer. She had a business. She uh, of in purple cloth, which is very expensive actually in those days. And she actually came from Thyatira, interestingly, which is back over in Asia Minor. And uh, it looks like she probably travelled back and forth a few times um, selling her wares. But she has a house in Philippi. She's one of these women that Jesus and, and his companions are talking to. Um, and Paul, uh, Luke writes, the Lord opened her heart to respond to God's message. Or to Paul's message. Um, the Spirit of God touches her heart. She hears this message. She gives her life to Christ. Uh, her whole family get baptised. She welcomes Paul and his companions then to come and stay with them in Philippi. And the church is born in Philippi. Um, first, uh, first church in, in Philippi and that part of um, Europe. Uh, there were other churches in Europe that actually got there before even Paul got there. But in this part of Europe at least. Um, so God is actually working among these people. God is actually blessing people. Um, so Paul and his companions stay there for a while, and they probably continue to preach the gospel over a number of weeks and and help these women and the men now, because there would have been men in the community as well by this stage, because whole families came to Christ and were baptised, um, and just giving them an idea of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Um, but then through a turn of events, Paul and Silas end up getting arrested and flogged and thrown in prison. And their feet are put in stocks. So here we are again. Something's gone wrong. And, and by the way, you know, when we say God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, that doesn't mean everything's all going to be super rosy. It doesn't mean you're never going to get sick or you're never going to fall over and hurt yourself. Or, you know, In fact, Jesus said, you know, one of the things that will follow you if you follow him is that you will suffer persecution. That's a promise. Um, so following Jesus is, is, is not about having this perfect rosy life. But anyway, they're in prison. So what do they do? Do they get concerned? Does the scripture say that they start worrying and praying? Did, where did we go wrong? We still haven't met that man from Macedonia. <laughs> perhaps we need to pray harder. Um, perhaps we're under spiritual attack or something. Does anyone know what they did? They sang. They started singing, praying and singing hymns to God. And while they're doing, and they must have been in a lot of pain while they were there, and incredibly uncomfortable, you know, being sitting on the floor with their feet in stocks, with their backs probably raw from the flogging that they had. But they're praying and they're singing hymns to God. And the scripture says, and all the other people in jail were listening to them. And I'm going to uh, read you, what have we got next? And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Hang on, just give me a moment. And uh, let me just read what happens next. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. 
the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Um, of course, you know, if you, you're a jailer in those days and your prisoners escaped, you would probably be killed anyway. Um, so he just assumed that he'd lost everything and failed in his job. But Paul shouted, do not harm yourself. We are all here. I mean, that's a miracle in itself. Now, there's massive earthquake, all the prison doors fling open, all the chains fall off these prisoners. Um, and it's only Paul and Silas in there that are actually followers of Jesus. Everyone, you know, we don't know what the other crimes they might have been in there for. Some of them might have been there because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. But they don't go racing out. It's just like this presence of God is so there because Paul and Silas have been praying and worshipping God that they actually don't move. Um, the jailer called for lights and rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Wouldn't you just love people to come up and say that to you? Make things so easy. Um, they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he'd come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Uh, just a, a massive miracle. Perhaps the man was the, you know, that was the man from Macedonia, the jailer. Or perhaps not. Perhaps we don't have to take things so literally. But the point is, there was a massive move of God in Philippi. And in that situation, bad stuff happened. But you also know that scripture, in all things, God is working for the good for those who love him. Whatever life throws at us, um, that's not the end. We can really genuinely trust him. That's really the point uh, of, of the me my message here, is that if we're following Jesus, we can actually just really trust him. If there's something we need to be doing, he will make it really clear. But the rest of the time, it's not like we're trying to walk a tightrope. And it's not like we've got a plan A and then we get relegated to a plan B. It's more like we're walking through a luxurious, wide-open space and we're walking side by side with Jesus. And we really do have options. You know, within this wide-open space, if we're following Jesus, sometimes we can take that road or that road. I mean, there have been times where I've sensed that Jesus is saying, you pick it really doesn't matter. But then there are other times when something is really important for you to do. And he makes that really, really clear. And the way he will do that will be different for each of us. Sometimes it will feel like other doors just close and there's one that's open. Because it's often very personal because we're all so different. For me, it just feels like, it, it's even hard to describe. It's it's just like, I know that, I know that, I know that that's the way to go, that that's the decision to make. I get excited about it. I sense that God is in that. It's not a feeling like an emotional feeling. It's, a, it's just a Holy Spirit kind of knowing. But for some other people, uh, you know, it might be a little bit different. I don't know what it's like for you. Maybe it just feels like a green light and a red light. Or <coughs> but also we can, um, 
we can pray with one another about this too when there are big decisions to make and, and because we can draw on the wisdom of one another as well uh, in all of this. But a lot of the times it won't even really matter as long as we're loving God, we're staying close to Jesus, uh, loving God, loving others, staying close to Jesus and doing what he's called us to do. Um, and he will really guide us and show us the way when there's something that for now, in this time and place, God, God is like, you really need to be over here because something good is going to happen over here. You know, God's got his hand on this. Um, yeah, so that's the question. What is this really all about? It's really about trusting God and keeping walking. Um, and, keep, uh, and we can do this together. And if perhaps um, you haven't really started on this journey yet, perhaps if you're, you're new here and you haven't really made that decision yet that you want to follow Jesus, then he's inviting you to make that decision as well. Um, follow Jesus. Uh, he does have a wonderful plan for your life. How about we um, close in prayer, eh? Hey? Uh, God, I just thank you for your presence and your spirit here with us right now. Lord, I thank you that uh, following you really is an adventure. Uh, it's a good, it's a good life. Um, and your heart is to bless us and bring blessing to, to others. And, and by that, I mean, you know, peace and wholeness and healing and restoration of relationships. Lord, and sometimes there will be, you know, times to walk one way or another way, and you'll make that clear. And I just pray for those here today that they would really be able to just trust you with those decisions, that you will make that clear. And if, there is, if it seems like, well, you could go in one or other direction and there's no big urgency or big sense that one really matters more than the other, then, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll just give them a real peace that they will experience it as, like a, as a real joy. Okay, I can really pick here. You know, which one would I rather do? Um, trusting that God is guiding, guiding you. Yeah, Lord, I pray that uh, you would really bless these people. And for those who have maybe never made that decision yet to follow you, Lord, I pray that you would stir their hearts, that you would draw them to yourself. Lord, that they realise following you is a great adventure and it goes on forever. Yeah. Lord, bless everyone. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.